What is up, guys? It is Johnny. Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to make this to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you guys celebrate. Hopefully you get unlimited gifts, a subscription to officially unofficial dip, booze, whatever it is. But let's get into this episode with player in one of the greatest conferences in America and Los Angeles Dodger, Zach McKinstry. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, Johnny Junton. We're here with a very, very special guest. He is a World Series champ, and most importantly, he played for CMU Baseball. He made his debut in 2020. Is that good? You tell me. It is my pleasure to welcome my boy, Zach McKinstry, to the Officially Unofficial podcast. What is up, brother? How's it going? Excited to be here, man. And I mentioned CMU, obviously. I'm a big Mac guy. Like, I'll say this. I think I might be one of the biggest Mac guys on the planet. I love gambling on Mac football. I'm a massive, massive Mac guy. Um, what was it like for you to go to CMU and be able to watch maybe the best football on the planet? Dude, every weekend's crazy. Like, something different happens every weekend. So, you, you just got to be ready for all that. And, I mean, the tailgates were awesome leading up to the football games, college town. So, uh, it was a great time just uh, meeting new people and hanging out with the guys and going to the football games. No, you basically know all the athletes. So, uh, cheering on your guys that you know. And it was fun. And, dude, and I'll say this because, obviously, I'm a big gambler. A lot of people know that about me. I'm a, I love uh, gambling on the Mac. I might be one of the best. I'll say this also. I might be one of the best Mac gamblers on the planet. So do you, and you can answer this or you don't have to answer this. Have you caught yourself gambling on the Mac every once in a while or no? No, I'm not a big gambler. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, but I mean, did, who'd you have in the central Michigan uh, Toledo game? This See, weekend? I had the, I had the over. So I, I think okay. I hit, I don't remember to be honest, but I, and I'll tell you this. So the MAC championship, we're recording this on Thursday. The MAC championship is, which in my opinion should be considered the national championship, is tomorrow. I'm a big Buffalo Bulls guy, but maybe you can kind of recruit me. Maybe we can get in, in contact here with the uh, CMU uh, football, CMU baseball Twitter account. Maybe send me some gear. I'll be a CMU guy. Can we get that? Can we maybe make that happen? Uh, we might. So the coach that I had when I was there actually left. So. I don't have that many connections up there right now, but uh, working on them for sure. Okay. I respect that. So wait, so let's go into that decision because obviously CMU, not that big of a school for baseball, but they do have a really nice baseball stadium. A Canadian kid actually that I used to play against went there. I don't, do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Tim Black, Dylan Rowe. Um, I don't remember his name. Few, he's like, he's like a tall pitcher. With. He's like a tall pitcher from London, Ontario. Whatever. Probably Dylan Rowe. Okay. Probably Dylan Rowe. I he was think like six, that, seven. Yeah. But anyways, yep. so what went into your decision to kind of go the Mac route and go to CMU? Because it's obviously, it's a small school, right? So it's a little mm -hmm. bit different. It's, it's not Michigan. Right. Uh, I mean, they had my best offer uh, coming out of high school. So uh, they basically gave me 85% as a freshman. Uh, my is. sophomore year, I got 100%. So, I mean, for baseball, that's a huge amount of scholarship. Uh, and, I mean, they, they kept me happy and uh with other schools it was like oh you're gonna come in you're gonna try to compete for this job and you're only gonna get 50 percent to start with like and that was like iu and uh all state already had a shortstop at the time uh really liked uh coach maloney over there uh so yeah i mean uh i grew up with him at camps 
so I really liked what he did, uh, like his, like how he went about like defense and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. So it was hard, hard for me to choose Central Michigan over this, the guy that I really wanted to play for. Uh, but at the end of the day, I wanted to go play as a freshman because I knew I was draft eligible as a sophomore. Yeah, for sure. And let's go into, I mean, you're from Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Obviously, you, 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 it snows a lot there. That's no secret. You don't get to play year round. So was any of these like SEC schools looking at you? Like, were you getting national recognition out of high school? Or was it just like all these kind of Midwest schools looking at you, such as Ball State, Indiana, CMU? Uh, yeah, mostly Midwest schools. Uh, my travel team, we only traveled to like Ohio, Indianapolis, uh, like the Cincy Flames tournaments down there in yeah. Cincinnati, uh, some to Chicago. So, I mean, I wasn't really traveling that much. I also played football so uh, in high school. So that was a big part of my life, like uh, choosing not to go play in like a bigger tournament over or to stay and play football with the guys that I came up my freshman year with and I uh, was voted a captain. So that was a big turning point in my life where Josh Van Meter went down there to Jupiter and did like a scout team tournament. Uh, and I didn't do that because of football. So um, I don't know if that's, I mean, it didn't end up hurting me in the long run. Well, so. I mean, I mean, you're playing for one of the, you're playing for the world series champs. So I'll say <laughs> whoever went to those travel ball tournaments, I'll say they're not doing that. I'll say they're not <laughs> on the world series chance, but I love the, And I'll say this. I love the humble brag you threw in there. I was team captain of the football team. Electric humble brag. You love to see it. What position were you on? What position were you? Were you like an offense defense guy? Were you just running both sides of the ball? Yeah. Uh, so my senior year, I played both sides. I was a wide receiver, all conference wide receiver and a free safety. And I okay. also hunted. I was a holder for the kick uh, for the PATs and all that stuff. So, so could really you say this? Because you because you went to a Mac school. Could you say that maybe we could have had you going to you playing for a max school for football? Um, I have a like my offensive coordinator from high uh, from high school said, "Hey, dude, you should try to walk on to the football team and see how it goes." <laughs> I was like, ah, "I really want to focus on baseball," so I just kind of focused on baseball and uh, didn't go the football route. <laughs> well, it worked out for you clearly, but I wanted to talk about CMU because even though CMU is a smaller school, you guys kind of get to play some power five schools, I believe. Right. Yeah. So what would yeah. you say was kind of the coolest experience that you had at CMU playing a power five school where you're looking around, you're like, man, these facilities are insane to me. Uh, we went down to Arkansas my uh, sophomore year for the first uh, weekend of this year. And uh, I mean, just everything about that. It was like, a, it was basically like a minor league affiliate. Like they had probably 15,000 fans. <laughs> all the students out in the out in the lawn just drinking beer talking trash to the uh, left fielders right fielders whatever it was but uh yeah it was it was awesome to be down there and uh we competed with them uh ended up not having enough pitching in the at the back end of the bullpen which kind of hurt us but uh for those smaller schools it's tough to get you know all those good pitchers so uh so we would come out play them pretty well and then like eighth inning they come back and put like five on us or whatever it was. That was pretty cool. Dude. And, and it's crazy. If you think about it, man, because these sec schools, they're just, they have guys that throw 95 plus just at the back of their bullpen. Like that may, that maybe won't even get any innings in a year. Like they'll have some guys that just throw 98 with like nasty sink. And they'll be like, yeah, this is like our sixth starter at the <laughs> sec because their budgets. Right. I mean, if you're thinking about that, 
it, it's hard for you guys to compete with these SEC schools who have that, like millions of dollars in their budget. They have the facilities and you have like University of Texas who has Troy Tulowitzki <laughs> as one of their coaches, bro, in Houston yeah. Street. So it's like, if you think about it, man, I mean, did you guys compete against these teams? Like, were you guys putting up some good numbers against them? Uh, so my sophomore year, we had three week games against uh, Michigan, Michigan State and uh, Notre Dame. And we went in there with a guy throwing about 95 off the bump. He only threw five innings because uh, he had some arm issues early on in his career. So uh, he, would, he would go and pitch and then play center field. Uh, and for, <laughs> for 15 innings, he didn't give up a run against one of those three teams. Oh, my God. Cool. Yeah. And then he was supposed to start for us in our uh, conference tournament and ended up having a bunch of cramps. Uh, I mean, playing a lot of games in the, that few few time like just messed up his body and uh so we were looking at a, a mac championship my sophomore year but uh came up a little short and what happens if you win the mac because if you win the mac for baseball is it just an unlimited bud light shower because i love the mac the reason why i love the mac is due to the fact that it's a blue collared conference right you're not having these kids that grew up in mansions that grew up like their parents are just paying for them like to thousands and thousands of dollars to do these travel ball teams you have these blue collar guys in the mac who maybe you're going to see six turnovers in a football game maybe you're going to see four errors in a baseball game but it's the best conference in america so what was it like what, what's it like when you win the mac man Are you guys just going idiot zone oh yeah it was it was a great time we had like a house party my freshman year we actually won the regular season uh mac so we had like a house party drinking uh like not natural life, yes you know yeah. natty daddies and rolling rock you know you name it the, the the light beer and uh yeah we're just having fun and enjoying our time i love them like it's just i'm gonna reiterate it this man it sucks because it, and i don't know about you because i don't know if you like strictly watch the mac or religiously watch it but on tuesdays now it just feels like it's i'm missing a part of my life you know what i'm saying like i want to see the University of Akron lose by 55. Like, that's some stuff that I miss. I miss betting, like, against Akron and just printing money because they're one of the worst teams maybe in the nation. And when I was in high school, because I'm from Toronto, so we used to travel, do this college trip where we'd play, um, like, uh, universities and D1s and stuff. We played the University of Akron baseball team, but they dissolved, right? Were you yeah. there when Were you there when they were a conference, like, when they were in the conference? I was not. Uh, they actually just got back. They just had a baseball yeah, team. Yeah, I think they so. They yeah. have the baseball team last year or something like that. But yeah. I missed out on that. Okay, yeah, that would have been. I mean, that would have been an absolute just slaughter fest. I mean, this <laughs> this would you guys? So let's make a power rankings here for the MAC baseball. Would you say it goes CMU at the top? Like, who would be the top team? Eastern Michigan, maybe. I would have to say probably Kent State for all their facilities and everything. They've been to the College World Series in the past what twelve years. They went yeah. in two thousand eight. Uh, so I would say them central michigan and then it's probably ohio and then eastern western uh yeah. ball state's probably in the mix a lot of years uh top top five so i mean yeah it's it's pretty up in the air for the most part it just depends on pitching mostly dude and, and eastern michigan i i played there when i was a kid um their facility like their baseball field's actually pretty nice and i believe who matt shoemaker went there right is that uh, 
do I have the player right? Matt Shoemaker. I think he went there. I think Matt Shoemaker went there on a famous manager in Major League Baseball. And I'm gonna probably get roasted on this for Twitter for not knowing, saying <laughs> I'm a Matt guy. But I'm I'm a hunt. I think Matt Shoemaker went there. Maybe I'll search it up in a bit. But uh, anyways, though, so you get drafted the Dodgers. Obviously, a little bit late. Like thir- I think it was 32nd round, I believe. Right, if my research is correct. 33rd round 33rd yep. round so we'll say 32nd to sound cooler <laughs> uh, so 33rd round you go into minor league ball and i mean you kind of have that experience of living that blue collar lifestyle you're not traveling on private jets and shit you're in buses like you are in minor league baseball so how easy was that kind of adjustment for you to just go from go from uh, go from your school cmu and just transition into minor league baseball where you're on shitty bus rides, shitty hotels, you're eating PBs and J's, you're getting roasted by fans in West Virginia with two teeth. Like, this is what you're doing in minor league baseball. What was that adjustment like for you? Oh, yeah, it was easy uh, going from I played in the Northwoods League my freshman summer. Uh, so that was long. I was in uh, Waterloo, Iowa, which is the most south team in that league. <laughs> and we're yeah. traveling up to Canada to play in Thunder Bay. And oh, Duluth. God and all that and we're driving to Michigan so I mean uh it was it was definitely a grind that year uh and I mean minor league grind man it's yeah it's fun uh guys that can make uh just stay mentally tough are the guys that are gonna make it through it <laughs> it is it, it's a grind and by the way shout out to me this is me being a Matt guy Matt Shoemaker did go to EMU so credit to me shout out to me big J journalist <laughs> He did go there, but let, let's get into it here in your minor league career, man. I mean, the Dodgers and every guest we kind of have on this show says the Dodgers have the best minor league facilities like you have. And then you have the bottom of the totem pole, the Oakland Athletics, who are playing in like Beloit, Wisconsin, who gets roasted on this podcast, by the way. Beloit, Wisconsin. And I'll say this every single episode. Maybe we have when I ask what's the worst minor league town, Beloit, Wisconsin gets thrown into the fire every single time. But I want to talk about the Dodger facilities. Do you guys kind of look around at these facilities you guys are visiting and you're saying, like, what in God's name is this? Like, look how good we have it here. Because you guys have an elite, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would say the only I would say the only spot that's, like, not super, super nice. Well, compared to, the, like, the league, it's really – it's pretty nice is Rancho. But, like, yeah. that's probably our worst facility that I've been to. I never went to Utah uh Ogden but yeah I mean our facilities we have in Great Lakes we have two cages inside um the field's beautiful they take care of it like it's their daughter and (laughs) it's it's beautiful uh I mean you get out the rancho you got you know you're outside it's beautiful out there so that just makes up for the facilities and yeah that league in general um and then you go to Tulsa you got beautiful facilities again uh unfortunately they play soccer there which kind of messes up the infield and outfield yeah. a little bit, but the indoor facility is great. The locker rooms, top notch locker room. Uh, you got weights, got a, a gym in there. Could probably fit five people, six people at a time. Uh, I mean, it's really nice. And then you go to OKC and the locker room's massive. You don't even see people half the time <laughs> until the game starts. <laughs> You're like, wait, this guy's been here all day. <laughs> So it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely nice. Yeah. And, and you, like I said, and I want to pump your tires here. We pump our guest tires a lot, which I mean, you hit 382 in Oklahoma city and AAA pretty much just put the league in your back pocket. I mean, you, what you hit, and I say this to guys that hit good averages, you, what you hit at OKC is double what I hit in junior college in Nebraska. So humble brag for you for that. 
what was going right for you when you're in triple a and were you on some sort of heater where you're like i can't even i can't do i can't miss a pitch right now yeah it was one of those where you're seeing beach balls coming at you you just see every seam on the ball and it's it's just makes hitting fun it makes it easy i mean the guys around me were raking every time they went up there that just gave me more confidence so i mean we were losing games like 15 to 14 like it was <laughs> it was unreal so, a mac yeah, game it's a mac yeah, game <laughs> exactly it was a lot of fun uh those guys yeah i mean they're giving me all the tips you know like telling me what how like how this guy looked in the past so i was only there for a month but yeah that month i was i was pretty hot and we'll say that kind of went that kind of played for that big league debut this year. If you're looking at the stats, but I wanted to go back in the minor leagues for one more second here. I mean, what's your, we always do minor league story of the week. What is your funniest minor league story of a fan, a stadium, or just some weird shit that you've seen in a minor league city? Um, definitely has to be the, um, the sinkholes in little rock, Arkansas. <laughs> that was crazy. So the river, it rained, it rained for like two weeks. And then the river came up, it's right across the street from the stadium. And once it started going down, it starts taking all the underneath uh, with it. So <laughs> center fields, like sinking underneath, like the batting cages, like on the way to the batting cages, you have to like walk basically to the infield because you don't know if the, the outfield's going to go under or not. So yeah, that was, that was crazy. That was, what about a then, fan interaction? What about a fan interaction? Do you have any funny fan interactions or... Because like I said, and I'll say this, I, I chirp a lot of Dodgers fans on Twitter. I, I'm not a big fan of the Dodgers fan, Dodgers nation. I think they're the cockiest fans of all time. But before we go into that, what's, uh, have you, do you have any funny stories of things fans have said to you or maybe top prospects you've played with or anything like that? Oh, man. I don't know if I can remember any. See, that's a tough part. The, the tough part's remembering yeah. it. But we've had right. like fans say – to, to like first round draft picks like you're a waste of money you're a piece of garbage like you're a dork like just these kind of stuffs but if you don't remember one let's go into this now what's like a funny promotion that you've seen out of minor league field like dollar beer night every time someone strikes out because they're the minor leagues has incredible ones man they have insane promotions like what's a promotion right. you kind of remember well everybody loves a beer batter because you go up there <laughs> Uh, you know, they're all cheering every time there's a strike on you, you get to two strikes, everybody's out of their seats, just going crazy. Those are always the great ones. Have you been uh, a beer batter? Oh yeah. Yeah. A few times, <laughs> yeah. You've been a beer batter. Oh yeah. It's great. It's what is it yeah. like? Well, if you strike out, you make everybody happy. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's running through your head when you're the beer batter, man? Like you step up to the plate and you're like, every I've never been in a like a facility where everyone is hoping I fail. Like it's right. one of the worst yeah. things. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh it gets your adrenaline running a little bit more. Uh I mean, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh <laughs> just to hear him go, Oh, dang it. Like, you know, that's that's great too. So it's like a win win situation uh for the most part like yeah you feel crappy you struck out but hey everybody gets a beer for whatever a dollar or whatever it is for sure and what and and like i said i said beloit gets dragged through the mud here what is maybe one of the worst towns you visited and i'm, I'm assuming you're gonna say beloit but what's uh it's gotta be a toss-up between clinton iowa and beloit. there it, dude and this is bananas and listeners to this show you're not experiencing deja vu Clinton, Iowa, and Beloit, Wisconsin, they might sue my ass for getting roasted <laughs> so bad on this show. 
what and I asked this to every guy. I mean, what is so bad with Clinton, Iowa, and and Beloit? Like, it's just the the, the like the the facilities, the fans. What is it? So, Midwest League Championship, we play it against Clinton. Um, we get there after I think the first, I think the first two games was there. We get there, and the locker room is just a big. It looks like a basketball locker room. It's small, and it's like dirt ground. Like it's like a the rubber over dirt and some of the rubber pieces are missing so it's like there's dirt on the ground like everywhere the showers are like you can't shower there we had to go to the ho- uh, hotel after with a game to shower um yeah it was just it was tough it, it's it's a tough place and then the mosquitoes you're right on the mississippi mosquito like you can't even see your socks because mosquitoes are all over your socks oh it's, my god bad. yeah that i mean at that point are people kind of questioning like damn did I, is 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 this pro ball really worth it man like this is insane <laughs> yeah. it's uh, like because you think about this like division two division three junior colleges don't even experience that shit and you guys are pro baseball players that's what's right. mind-boggling to me maybe we'll have to start like a relief fund for beloit i don't even know if they're a minor league team there this year but that's the crazy thing to me, but you obviously have played in tons of minor league stadiums, tons of minor league fields, for, and let's pump the tires here. What would you say is the best minor league one? Because I think the White Sox have a good one, right? I think the White Sox have one with the city as a backdrop. I don't know if that's the White Sox or the Royals, but there's a pretty good amount of nasty, nasty, like unbelievable minor league stadiums. I would have to say Vegas was unreal. The Aviators. Uh, I know it. I know it's off like the strip, but it's, yeah. it's pretty sweet. Fort Wayne, I have to give them credit. They do a great job out here. Um, playing, I mean, playing here is just unreal. Like I hit, I hit a home run in my hometown against the 10 caps. Like that was awesome. Uh, so I got to give, yeah, Vegas was pretty sweet last year. Um, and also Fort Wayne was probably obviously one of my favorites. <laughs> Dude, and I think Indianapolis kind of has a good one too, right? Is, is that yeah. the one you're talking about? Yeah, uh, Fort Wayne. They have a 10 caps. Okay, the, yeah. Uh, Padres, I think I visited uh, that one. Well, I think I visited that now. one. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's also one. Uh, there is there, one in Indy. Yeah, okay, and there's also a team, the Chihuahuas. What are they called? Yeah, where is that? Uh, it's a, I yeah, know I it's think, a Padre. I think it's a Padres or it's the, or it's uh, or El Paso, the El Paso, El Paso. Chihuahuas. I heard right, that one's right. not, have you visited that one before? I have not been there yet. No. Okay. Cause you, cause you weren't in, tri- you were in AAA for a month and got the call up to the show. Humble brag. Is that good? You tell me, <laughs> but uh, I want to go into that show call up, man, because I say this to all our big, to all, all the big prospect guests we have humble brag for me. But um, I say this like, Take this year as a blessing that you didn't have to make your day. You didn't have to make your debut because there's no fans there. You don't get to experience that. You don't get to increase that Instagram following. No one's really kind of seeing your face in the stadium. So what was that like? How weird was that to kind of make that debut? I believe it was in Colorado, right? If I'm right. Uh, Colorado was my first start. Okay. First start was what? Five days before that. Yeah. In San Diego. Okay. San Diego. So let's go. So what was it like for you? Where were you when you got the call to the show? Who did you call first? What was running through your system? Was there butterflies? What happened? So actually, I got called up earlier this year. Uh, before that, uh, I think it was the Chris Taylor throw out at home plate against who was it? Fam? No, it wasn't Fam. Uh, at San Diego. So I was in actually on the roster for that day. That was my first call up. I didn't get it in bat. Uh, that next day they went to twenty eight man. So I got cut <laughs> obviously. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, so that was that was 
that was pretty cool. Like I was, you know, staying ready, staying hot, uh, went in like the fourth inning to hit off the machine, uh, just, you know, sat in the stands, uh, watched us walk off the game with the Chris Taylor throw out at home. That was pretty cool. Uh, got to go out on the field and shake everybody's hand. <laughs> uh, and then got called in the doc's office after that. And they're like, yeah, like we're going to 28 McGuire's tomorrow. Like you're going to go back to USC tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was my first time getting called up. But the second time, actually, I was just going there to go on the road with them to Colorado on the last day of the San Diego trip. And I get on the bus at I think it was 9 a.m. to drive down to San Diego. One of our GMs was on the bus with me, uh, Brandon Gomes. And uh, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, you're going to be uh, on the roster today. Uh, Jack's family, he's have, he has a family emergency. He has to go to the hospital with his baby. Uh, I was like, sweet, cool. So, um, yeah, I woke up at like 8.30 that morning, not no, thinking anything, just typical, like I'm going on the taxi squad. And then about 9 o'clock, he comes up to me, tells me, uh, text my girlfriend, text my dad, or call my dad, call my parent, like my mom. Hey guys, I'm on the roster again. Like, uh, might be, might actually get to play this time. They said <laughs> the last time they were sorry for like not getting me in the game, like all this stuff. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, and then yeah, that first day I got the pinch hit or got the pinch at bat, uh, for Justin Turner. Uh, he was actually like about to go hit and he was like, Hey, let's just give it to McKinstry. So that was pretty cool. He he gave me his at bat and uh, ended up striking out on a like a I think it was like two two or three two high fastball. Uh, it was probably it was borderline. I swung at it, missed it. Uh, pretty good ride. Um, I mean, so I, before I went to the box, I was standing on deck. Uh, Machado's going into right, uh, coming from right center over to third base I like tried to get the the thing off my bat and I dropped my bat <laughs> and like my upper body is like numb uh then I so I get the weight off the bat start walking up to the plate I see Machado walking across the infield he's just walking and that's when it like kind of sunk in I my heart started beating my palms were sweaty like I couldn't stop like couldn't control my body it was really hard to like get it under control with zero games experience this year uh, so yeah, it was, it was definitely difficult to get those emotions to calm down before that first at bat. Did you catch yourself being like a little jumpy, like on that first pitch or like, I, I want to swing first pitch here. Like I have to. Uh, so, well, I'm going to give you a little tip. Uh, when you're, when I go to pinch hit, typically I'm looking to swing the first pitch Yes. just to get, you know, get that bat off your shoulder. All right just feel that swing one time off a, a guy throwing uh you've been sitting there for seven innings so why not just you know get that bat off your shoulder and let him know that you're ready to hit dude I, it's like because and i want to let's go into that like you making that debut with there's no fans there i mean was part of you like damn man like i wanted my whole family to be here i wanted i wanted to like kind of look up to my girlfriend in the crowd give her that look like your, your, your boyfriend's in the show. Like you made it good for you. Your boyfriend's right. in the show and then see your, your, your parents crying. Like was part of you like, damn, man, this is kind of a bad bounce, but at least I'm here. Yeah. I mean, I called them, I FaceTimed them after the game and you know, they were all excited and you know, they're happy for me. And my dad was, you know, a little choked up. He coached me through my, basically my whole like youth career uh, all the way up to college. So yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, how, it was definitely how much waterworks was going on with your pops? Like, well, let's throw your pops under the bus here. Was he like, <laughs> was he absolutely just crying or what was going on? No, he, 
not really crying. I wouldn't say, I think he was just really proud of me and my mom, she, they didn't cry on the phone at all. I'm sure like when that was happening, they probably had some tears or, you know, however they went about it, but, uh, didn't really ask them about that too much, but (laughs) yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. The first time I got called up, they had like a zoom call with everybody in my family and some friends and they were all watching the game together. And it was kind of, it was probably like 2 AM when the game got over, but I didn't even think about that because you guys, you guys play so goddamn late. Like it's when I, you got your games here end at like 2 a.m. And like yeah. for Eastern time zone, it's impossible to watch for me. But I, it's, I don't know, man. It's just like the, your story. The crazy thing is you're like a 33rd rounder, man. And you're, and you, you got, you got the call to the show like that. I'm not a stats guy. I'm not an analytic guy, but that percentage has to be small, right? I mean, you're looking there. You have Walker Bueller, who was born to be there. Like, he's a first-rounder. He's <laughs> went to Vandy. He's throwing gas, wearing tight pants. And then you have this guy, this Mac guy, this blue-collar guy from – this blue-collar guy steps up to the dish in a Major League Baseball game, 33rd-rounder, man. Did, did part of you get to get that opportunity to look back and be like, I cannot believe I'm playing right now for one of the most historic baseball teams in, in ever, and I'm in, a, I'm in a big league game right now, man. I can't say that I can't believe I'm there because it's always been a lifetime goal for me. Like I've always pushed to get there. That's where I always wanted to be. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely surreal. It was awesome. The greatest feeling I've had as a person. So I don't have any kids or I haven't been married. So we'll say it might, (laughs) might be a little bit cooler than having a kid though. I'll definitely like making the show. It's, it's like tied for first I'll say. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. I've, I mean, not everybody gets it. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's a great, humbling experience to get up there and face the the best in the world. Yeah, and and I said earlier. I mean, I have kind of. There's this Dodgers fan on Twitter who trolled me because when the Dodgers were down, I believe were you guys down three one of the Braves. Yes. I went on a retweeting spree when this guy called the shot that you guys were going to win the World Series. I retweeted all of his things to kind of old takes expose them. Little did I know you guys would come back from three one. And this guy would put me in a body bag a month later on Twitter <laughs> saying, what's up, man? What's up, bro? I want to talk about that team because that team maybe was one of the most unfair teams ever. You got Walker Bueller who just carves. You have Dustin May coming out of the bullpen throwing like 101. What, like, what was it like to just be around these freaks of nature who are like pretty much just World Series or bust every year for these guys? Yeah, I mean, both the guys you just – mentioned i mean i was roommates in double a with walker uh he was on the great lake loons team that won the championship in 2016 uh dustin may i played with him the last two years uh in double a and high a and i didn't play with him in triple a but i mean i've watched all these guys come up and develop i saw dustin may as an 18 year old pitching you know throwing hard sinkers like at like 96 now he's throwing 102 which is pretty cool <laughs> with, with a little bit of a, a, a slider too so yeah uh, just watch him develop and how he's you know be, so he's matured so much since he was 18 it's it's pretty awesome to watch and uh yeah I mean a lot of fans don't get to see that so for me it was pretty surreal to watch him you know all those guys playing the world series and uh end up winning is it was and even coming back from 3-1 uh, just going into the clubhouse. Those guys were so like, just, it just felt like a regular day. Like they were going to, they knew they were going to go out there and, and win these games. And it was, it was pretty cool to watch. Like none of them were, Oh, we have to win like pressing. So it was, that was more of like the front office's job. <laughs> yeah. for sure. Essentially how they made it seem is like, 
the front office is going to be the, are going to be the people that worry. Like we're just going to, you know, go out there and do our best. And uh, we know our best is better than most, probably 99% teams best. So uh, they came out and competed and ended up winning. Dude. And, and there's another guy I didn't even mention, by the way, who on pace to be maybe better than Mike Trout or even on pace with Mike Trout, like one of the best players ever. Mookie Betts, man. What? Because you got to, I believe, you got to share an out, outfield with him, right? Do I have that correctly? Uh, actually, no. I was one of one of three people that played in right field this year. Okay. So, okay. So, I mean, what was it like to just kind of learn from one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen and a guy that would bowl 300, shoot like 68 on the golf course? Like, what's this guy like? Is he, is he just a legend on and off the field? Yeah, it's awesome, dude. He's a competitor. Like, everything he does, he just has to be perfect at it. Like, he'll come in for B after BP and hit for another hour. Like, oh he's God. one of the hardest working guys I've seen. Uh, he'll go out and take some fly balls in the outfield. Uh, I'd ask him a few questions here and there. Uh, he'd let me know. Uh, some He gave me some tips, and uh, I took it and ran with it. And uh, I, I, I believe that I'm a better outfielder now because of it. And just, you know, everything he says, you just kind of shut up and listen to him because he's, he's, you know, the next level, like, elite legend guy. Dude, and you don't even, like, you don't even really look at that guy and you say, man, this guy's like a $300 million man. Like, it's just such an abs <laughs> like absurd amount of money that this guy has now. It's insane. So, and you mentioned that you kind of got to see these guys go from the, the minor leagues up. Who's one guy that really, really stands out to you during their minor league career that was so dominant that you played with? What a question, by the way, from me. Just an, just like a big J incredible question. Uh, a guy that's like too mature for himself is like Gavin Lux, for sure. Like just playing with him, man, he's, he's a ball player. He, he's a great player, great guy. Uh, a lot of people, you know, from my hometown, just like they don't understand like how much like he actually works and he, he's a really good ball player. He understands the game with the best of them, uh, can pick a pitch, can pick a pitcher apart like nobody's business. Like he's he's great to be around. Gives me, a, you know, for a guy that's I think he's like three years, three or four years younger than me. He's he's like right there in like maturity with the game and. Uh, signed as an 18 year old first rounder uh, really grew a lot. And when he was in uh, high A, we had a really good coach uh, or a really good hitting coach, uh, Justin Veeley, who could pick a pitcher, pick a pitcher apart and just, you know, taught us how to do it. And we could talk pitchers and trying to break them apart with the best of them. Uh, even in double A, like we were picking guys apart. Triple A when I got there, he he hey, I faced this guy, like this is what he's got, this is what he got me out with. Uh look for this and these counts, and it was it was great. Who was who's one guy from a competing uh, competitor, competitive team, competing team, like Jesus Christ, man, learn how to talk, but <laughs> who's one guy from a competing team? Com uh, whatever I mean, i'm done yeah. trying that word but who's one guy that really stood out to you during your minor league career like a guy where you're looking at this guy you're like this guy might be one of the greatest of all time like this guy's insane um ooh, that's a good question thank you uh, i would have to i mean there's so many guys that were so good that you played against and you're just like wow he's this dude's gonna be really good and at the next level or whatever it is. Um, Evan White, first baseman Freak. for Seattle. Freak. Freak. He's one of the best defensive first basemen. I've played, I've actually played with him in high school. So I've known him for a long time. 
and he's really nasty with the glove can do it do it all make diving plays uh it doesn't matter left-handed left-handed thrower right-handed hit stick yeah the guy hits line drives out of the ballpark like it's his job uh did it in uh Kentucky. Little Rock, yeah. Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, and that is not an easy place to hit. So if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. And uh, he's going to come out and have a great season next year. I know it. I have a feeling. Uh, and everybody's going to look at me, and I'm like, "Hey, I told you guys. Yeah, told you're, you so. You're you're and, one of the greatest analysts. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I mean, he's he's a great hitter, great fielder. Uh, and I from the first time I played him with him in high school, I was like, this guy's going to be a big leader. You always have those guys, right? You have those guys where you see growing up. For me, it was Josh Naylor, like playing against him growing up. He was that guy where I was like looking at this guy. I'm like, if I think I'm going to make it to the major leagues, I'm a dummy. Because going up against this guy, it's like it's night and day when you kind of see these guys. But who would you who's a pitcher in your minor league career that let's just say owns your ass? Like just a pitcher where you just can't hit during your minor league career. One of like he just has nasty shit or a sidewinder, whatever. Um, I can't Perez. Uh, what was his first name? He was in double a, he played in, he was from, uh, Venezuela. Um, he was like 95, just sinker baller would start like a front hip sinker ball. Uh, played he for played for a uh, little rock. He's kind of older guy made it to the big leagues. Um, and then, uh, got in some trouble or got into like this weird thing, uh, in Venice in, Me- in the Mexican league uh Mexican winter league and uh he ended up just being like a minor leaguer and he was definitely a big league pitcher in the minor leagues and yeah. uh he's probably one of the better picture pitchers in double a just carving up guys and then I actually uh it's probably my fault he ended his career uh hit a line drive back up the middle off his elbow oh and he didn't god throw, didn't throw 85 or didn't throw over 85 ever or the past two years so so is he gonna send um, you like a residual check like for to pay for his medical bills or what's the deal here <laughs> what's going on with that i mean if i was him i probably would <laughs> <laughs> and i just man I, I don't know it's just like there's so many guys that you kind of see in the minor leagues that that just kind of flake out because on injuries trouble whatever stop liking the game of baseball but who would you say is maybe one of the most underrated kind of prospects in the dodgers system that you played with that that's kind of getting overshadowed by guys that are like first rounders, like Gavin Lux, all these kind of guys. Um, do you want like a great teammate, like or whatever, like actually what? really good, like really good, great teammate, um, whatever? I mean, we have a lot of them just because when you're around it so much, your team pulls you in, and uh, you you get you know you you get that chance, and uh, it really makes you a lot better. But um, I would say. A guy that I really respect on the field, um, probably Stevie Berman. He's a catcher. Uh, he went to college with uh, Mitch White. Um, he's Mitch White's catcher in college. Uh, made it up to Double A last year. Uh, just kind of a low-profile guy. Uh, he was also, I think he was like a 30, 30th rounder. Um, but just a great dude in the clubhouse. Great guy to have around. Uh, and I mean, he hits. If you go look at his stats, he's hit. He hits like over three hundred every year. He doesn't Jesus. get a lot of opportunities because he played behind guys like Connor Wong, who got traded to the Red Sox. Um, so, like last year would have been his first real opportunity to like show off, like a for, like a full year of like hitting and like catching every day. And he didn't get that opportunity, uh, obviously, with COVID. So, 
um, yeah, just a guy that I root for every day just because he, he's in the clubhouse. You know, he's he's messing around most of the day. Getting and the boys going. He's getting the boys going. And, and rakes somehow, like just rakes, and he, it's it's fun to watch. He's just getting the boys going. Like, he's he's the locker room gel guy. Like, that's what I was, yeah. the jester, the guy that keeps the room <laughs> close and all that. Who would you say is the funniest guy on the team? Like, the guy – and we'll say we'll, – we'll talk about the big league club here. Who's the funniest guy with the 2020 Los Angeles Dodgers keeping the locker room loose? uh kike is really funny like on the field just dancing around uh great dude um you just like i don't want to say like Corey seager's funny but like sometimes he has his thing like he has his quirks that he's pretty funny uh who else there's an electric picture of you by the way i believe you post on instagram it's you and Corey seager i think up the middle you guys yeah. just—it just looks like if you—if you never told me that was you, I'd say that's just two gold glovers up the middle. <laughs> just look—it's an incredible picture. I'm gonna post it from this account, from the Twitter account. But it's—it's an incredible picture of you and Corey Seager. I mean, what's it like being on like the second base side or whatever, just being in the same clubhouse as Corey Seager? Because this guy was just like a natural, bo- natural born freak, wasn't he? Yeah, he's just so level-headed all day. Like, I mean, one thing like he never lets one thing get in the way. Uh, he makes an error, whatever. I'll get the next one. Like, it doesn't matter. Like he's always, I don't know. He never shows emotion. If I feel like he doesn't wear the emotion like very well, like he doesn't wear it on his sleeve, you know, he'll go out there. Uh, he'll go three for four, like a quiet three for four. Uh, just, you know, he's like a, a really high profile grinder. He, he's awesome to be around. Uh, I mean, it's, it's fun to like learn from him. Uh, I think in spring training this year, uh, made a really bad out. I can't remember what I did. Um, and I was in the dugout. I was just like, just on the bench, like thinking, and he comes up to me. He's like, Hey man, like just stick with it. You're good. Like, don't worry about it. And it, that was pretty cool. So you're kind of like one of these well-known guys. I mean, you got Justin Turner, humble brag. there, just kind of saying, give McKinstry the AB here. Like let's, let's get him up to the plate. So you're kind of a guy that's kind of loved by, it seems like a lot of guys in the clubhouse. So who would you say is the closest guy you're with on that Dodgers organization? Um, I wouldn't say like I'm super close with any of them yet, just because like yeah, I'm, obviously you don't have that much, you, know, you don't have much showtime yet, middle. yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, if I like texted JT, uh, texted him on his birthday, he texted me like five minutes later, so I thought that was really cool. He he says that I remind him a lot of him, so uh, that's that's he's definitely that's a good guy, a guy that's that, a good that guy. I look look up to and uh you know he's he's got all the cheat codes to baseball, so I look forward to like trying to learn those from him. He's <laughs> he's I mean. He, his swing is just so graceful. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's his finish, but just, there's something about his swing to me that it's like, this could be the new Major League Baseball logo, the way he finishes his swing. He's an insane guy. He's just an insane freak of athlete. Have you got to, um, because there's also a funny quote, because uh, Tommy Lasorda said, he said, I, I, I'd want to see another Dodgers World Series before I die. Like, this guy just lives and breathes Dodgers blue. So what have you got like an interaction with Tommy Lasorda or even seen him around the facilities or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. We were uh, in the minor league locker room. I was with Edwin Rios, Matt Beatty, myself, and one other guy. Can't remember who it was, but uh, we were just standing there and Tommy walks in the locker room and he just, <laughs> you know, he's just wandering around and uh, he, he walks in and he starts telling us about, you know, he was a pitcher, an infielder, like all this stuff. <laughs> and it was pretty cool. Like, you know, listening to like the old, like the older time stuff, like where you could actually go and like, you know, you pitch every day or, and then you, he'd like pitch like two days in a row and then go play the field and then pitch two days in a row and yeah. go play in the field because, you know, they didn't care. Like 
about arm stuff. <laughs> there, there should be like a live camera on Tommy Lasorda, like all the time. Yeah. Like this guy is like a walk. He's a walking soundbite. This guy yeah. is like, and I don't know if you've watched these because I, I, I like to watch like bench clearing brawls or just coaches roasting umpires. This guy is one of, and I'll say this, one of the best chirpers I've ever seen. Like the shit that he comes up with to umpires, whatever on the spot is what, have you got a chance to listen to some of the, the shit that he says? It's insane. I have not, but I mean, I would put uh, Steve Jacks up right up there with that too. Cause he really? makes like the, so like, they're just so great. Like backhand, like smack in the <laughs> face, but like the, if you aren't like fully listening to it, you wouldn't get it. It's, it's pretty funny <laughs> the Dude, way that he like talks to umpires. It's, I love a I love a good chirper, man. Funny. I really love a good chirper. Who's who? Okay, so who's this then? Who's the funniest kind of manager you had in your minor league career? Like just the guys guy, like the the blue collar guys, dude. Easy, uh, Scott Hennessy. For sure. What's he like? like double, What's a fun? Give me, give me a manager. funny story about Henny. Man, he'll go out, go to the casino after a game. Uh, <laughs> He'll get back to the clubhouse at like 2, 3 a.m., uh, wake up at 9 a.m., walk around till about noon in his, uh, in his, uh, uh he doesn't sleep <laughs> in his sliding shorts and like a t-shirt. Uh, and then once like the guys like get there, I mean, I was a grinder, dude. I not going to lie. I've slept in the clubhouse a few times. Uh, so I've been there. I've seen him in the morning at like 9 a.m. walking around the clubhouse with his, you know, is just his job, like his, uh, he has his sliding shorts on and his t-shirt on just eating a bowl of cereal <laughs> before the day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a grinder, uh, gets out there. He'll throw, if, if you need him to, he'll throw three groups of BP, uh, and then he'll go over and if you need fu extra fungos, hit you some fungos and he's doing it with like the trash bag, like, uh, not like a trash bag, but like it's the, like that BP jacket. Yes. Yeah. 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 He wears that all the time. So I'm sure he's in down in that Oklahoma, like, Arkansas area, Texas, having that thing on and that humidity is a psychopath, like, a psycho death. move. But he's also yeah. that guy that you'll legitimately see. I don't know about, I don't know if this is true, but he's that kind of guy you'll see at like 6 a.m. Just have the biggest dip of his life on the team bus. Like he'll have a dip <laughs> in and you're like, dude, yeah. it's 6 a.m. Man, what yep. are you doing? I yep. love those guys, man. That's a manager that you want to play for, right? He's like a guy's guy. He's not, you're not scared of him, but like, He'll help you out. He'll teach you shit. Like he's a good baseball knowledge, right? Oh, hundred percent. He was a scout before he was a manager and just, you know, you just, whenever he's in the room, you gravitate towards him. Uh, he was sitting next to me during the world series, like basically every game. So we would just talk about baseball and like, Hey, what are we doing in this situation? Like stuff like that. And then, yeah, he's the guy that has the huge fat chew, <laughs> I, chew in all the time. Just, <laughs> You know, like, uh, so in, in double A, we had like a party bus and a sleeper bus. Okay. He's the guy like, <laughs> you ain't playing for me. If you get on the sleeper bus, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be on the, the party bus. If you want to play for me that. Yeah. So I love this guy. I, I might have to get this guy on. Like this guy seems like he should be my co-host. Like that's how much of a legend this guy is. I mean, uh, he, where is he from? Like, is he just like a Texas guy? Where is he from? From Florida. Florida. Uh, yeah. That's where he, uh, did all his scouting stuff. So he's down there in Florida. Yep. What a legend. What a yep. legend, man. I mean, do you have any, in your minor league career, do you have any like close calls with bench clearing brawls? Because obviously, like I said, the Dodgers are maybe the most hated team in baseball. I, I, I'm not a big fan of them, but I'm, I'm a Zach McKinstry fan now. So maybe I'm kind of growing in with the Dodgers now, but have you had any close, cl close uh, bench clearing brawls? Maybe fists come close. 
Yeah, we had uh, one in high A. Uh, we were playing uh, Lancaster, which is the Rockies uh, yep. affiliate. And uh, they had a guy hitting like 400 throughout the year. Like we Jesus. faced them like, you know, every other week. There's eight teams in the <laughs> league. So we're, we're like playing these guys every other week. Yeah. First round of the playoffs. And we have Devin Smelter, who's just a hothead. He pitches for the Twins. Uh, just a hothead lefty. Just like always amped up when he's on the mound. And this guy, like, you know, he's like slow to the plate. D his uh well yeah, he plays he plays in the big leagues now. Or Diaz, um, but he's like walking up the plate slow, like gets in the box, like t- has one <laughs> foot out, like goes through his routine, and he our pitcher goes, get in the F and box, dude. And he's like, What? What? And so like the uh next pitch, the guy rolls over to me. I'm at third base. Oh god. Like, soft soft rollover. I, I throw it over the first base. He's not even halfway down the line. They're like bickering at each other. Um, <laughs> so like, I'm already in the middle of the field. I'm in between Smelter and Diaz and he's like coming towards me. I'm like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> like, and he like kind of slows up a little bit. And then they have like a Rojas. who's like a bigger first baseman, like coming in, like, you know, like trying to push around. And uh, on the right of me, I hear their bench coach say, you think you got a big, you know, and then this other guy goes, uh, why don't you ask your wife? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, there was the hitting, their hitting coach, uh, like was gonna like about to throw down with one of our like fourth outfielders. It was that cool. I would pay an uncomfortable amount of money to watch a hitting coach go at it with a fourth outfielder in a minor league city with like 20 fans. There was probably, there was probably no one there. Just like, what the hell is (laughs) like, what did I do? Like there's probably kids there. Just like, what is going on, man? I love that shit. Is that not one of the most best team bonding free experiences you could get is up close to bench clearing brawl. Oh yeah. I was uh, like the next day I was like, Hey man, if you get fine, like I'm, I'm paying you some money for this. <laughs> that was like one of the best experiences of my life. Like I've always wanted to have like that bench clearing brawl. Like I, I wouldn't like say that I would like, I would love it, it. but I like, it. yeah, it. I mean, I would love to be like a part of one of those. I, that was pretty cool. I don't and, know then, how you... uh, and with the Astros this year, I was in the stands, so I didn't get to, you know, get out on the field and hear all well, I could probably hear everything yeah because it was quiet so yeah that was that was pretty cool too. oh man dude and you and I don't know if you've heard about this have you heard about like the Lansing bench clearing brawl and uh, for high eh? so there was a bench clearing brawl and there was apparently I like I might be just butchering this but it was told by Jordan Groshans I think it was or Kevin Smith there was a bench clearing brawl in Lansing where they had this center fielder who was just a psychopath so the center fielder is in the middle of bench clearing brawl, like he runs in and just like consecutively knocks out like four dudes. Like he just, <laughs> like he just, he just throws a right hook, knocks someone out, turns around, looks at the other guy. He's like a freak. He looks like the rock, this kid apparently. And he's just right hooking, just feeding people shots, just <laughs> knocking dudes out. I, I have no way of finding this video, but apparently this is one of the most insane bench clearing brawls in baseball history. Maybe I'll do a mini documentary about it. It is, I, <laughs> I what would you do in that situation? Like, there's a guy on your team or an opposing team just throwing jabs, just knocking dudes out. Would you hop right in the mix and be like, "I'll take it next"? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not hopping in the mix to take it next. But I mean, if if it was against me, I'd probably try to like tackle him, get him to the ground, or 
you know, what if he's bigger than me, I might, you know, try to get some behind yeah, somebody that's a little yeah. bit bigger than me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not one to like shy away from like contact or anything like that. Okay, here's a good question. Who's three dudes that you would take on your Dodgers team, the 2020 Dodgers, that you would want in that bench clearing brawl with you that are just going to just be dogs? Like that are the yoked guys? Because I know Gavin Lux is yoked. So he would probably just murder someone. He's a freak of nature. So who's like three guys you would take with you? Gratterall. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, ooh, this is a good question. Uh, Blake Trinan, he's a big boy. Yeah, big dude, very big dude. Um, and then, yeah, I would have to take somebody athletic because you got to have, like, the big guys and then the athletic guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd fight for Gavin for sure. He's uh, he's like a brother to me, so I would take him. Another guy on the 40-man, uh, either DJ Peters or Luke Rayleigh. <laughs> big dude. Shout out to those guys. They're they're some big outfielders, that's for sure. Those are Dude, my boys. I love I I always have a fatuation with like big outfielders, like kind of obviously, like I said, Josh Naylor, who's that guy that's like not the yep. most mobile dude, but like he's he's quick, he'll get the job done in the outfield. I love it, man. So what would you say? Like uh what would you say you're like is your primary position? Are you gonna say you're like an out like what because you obviously have all the tools of the trade, right? You said you played third, second, outfield. Which one are you saying you're the most comfortable at right now? Uh, middle infield, shortstop, second base. Okay, yeah. Are you that guy that's kind of that's uh, that just has that massive bag full of gloves? Like, are you that yeah. dude? Yeah, I have a lot of gloves. <laughs> that's electric. Yeah. I love that yeah. shit. I'm so fascinated with that shit. Like, could you like? Do you have a first baseman glove in there too? Like, do you just have everything? Yeah, I got a first baseman glove this year. Just okay. <laughs> so, are you just trying to work out an odd deal maybe with Rawlings because if they sponsor you? That's a lot of airtime there. They just have a shit ton of gloves going. Yeah, uh, we're working on it with my uh, agent right now. Uh, I really electric. liked Wilson Wilson growing up, but I mean Rawlings has kind of grown grown on me. I haven't signed a deal yet, so I use both. Um, so yeah, I mean I once, can't wait. Once I one can, of them you got to tell when this deal happens, we got to break the news. Like we got you got to hop on Insta Live with me. Be <laughs> like, we'll just do we'll just treat it like it's like an NCAA signing day. Like we'll have three gloves on the table, <laughs> and you'll just go into it. I'll be announcing. And you just pick up that Rawlings glove or the Wilson glove and whatever. And that's just like, I will be signing with Rawlings. We'll just blow it up. We'll just yeah. turn it into a big thing. But I mean, how cool is that, man? Just to kind of be able to kind of have that ability to maybe like your agent could reach out to a, a company and be like, my guy wants to be represented by you guys. How cool is that, man? That Because I would kill for that. I would kill for like an ideal with Rawlings for Christ's sakes. That'd be electric. Right. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, that is, it's really cool. Once you get to that level, um, I didn't sign, obviously I was a 33rd rounder. So yeah. I didn't have much yeah. going in. Like, I was like, Hey, can you get me this? Can you get me this? Like guys giving stuff out in the clubhouse. Oh yeah. I'll take that. Like <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that, you know, and yeah. uh, with, with the Dodgers, they're pretty good. They have, I mean, they do bats for you, like free bats, uh, pro stock stuff. And, uh, if you need to, you can get a glove through them. They have like Wilson, Rawlings, SSK, like all these guys come into spring training. If you want to buy a glove for like 150 bucks, you can get a glove, like a $400 glove for 150 bucks. So, I mean, the Dodgers do really well with, uh, you know, we have so 200 guys in the minor league. So, and not everybody's getting paid or every, not everybody's going to have that contract. So they do, sure. they do really well at bringing those, those guys around. Uh, also with that companies as well. Yeah, and like I mentioned with uh, Mookie Betts, the $300 million man, like when you guys go out, are these like big leaguers kind of covering the bills for you, for instance? Like let's say Zach McKinstry is going out with Justin Turner, who's on a big league deal. He has a shit ton of money. Is is he covering the bill? Like are maybe you just paying for the drinks? Like what's going on here with that? 
I uh, haven't done that yet, but um, last year during spring training, they had a lot, all the outfielders, like everybody that was in big league camp, uh, went to Mookie Betts' house and he had Jesus. his chef cook. Oh my uh, God. All that. And they were like, they were just telling us stories uh, about like this place and how nice it was. And he had water stuck to essential water stuck to the ceiling. And God, I love, stuff. I love that guy. I, yeah. that is when you realize you've made it in life when you wake up in the morning and there's just a chef just randomly in your kitchen just cooking shit up for you like that's when yeah. you've made it in life and you <laughs> could afford that and the chef's probably living at the house it's just i, I don't know man like just the move the mookie bats obviously I'm, I'm not a fan of his I, i'm a fan of his but i always always hated him because he was on the red Sox. i was i'm a jays guy but you got to kind of tape your cap to that guy man i mean what's the coolest thing you've seen this guy do on a baseball field was it though the couple catches he made this year in the world series or what is it uh it's got to be either those or throwing i think it was uh throwing the guy out in arizona who was it martin or i couldn't tell you he was going for a triple hit like a blooper off of uh tony gonsolin into the right right center or right field corner and mookie takes gets to the ball takes two steps and just throws a, a line a missile to third base and it was insane. like the first play. I think it was like the first play of the game. I like missed it. But <laughs> I, I saw so many highlights of it. It's like I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, I think it was like their second baseman, one their leadoff hitter. But I, yeah. I legitimately couldn't tell you. But I, the, the thing is, that's like, I want to go into that World Series celebration because we've had, a, I think we've had a couple World Series champions on here and these guys get after it. But this year it was kind of hard for you guys, right? I mean, you had Uncle Rob Manfred kind of being a D bag, not letting you guys booze or get after it. What was that celebration like? Because, I mean, I think I saw videos of you guys getting after. You guys were kind of allowed to. It's like the season's over. You couldn't really control what we're doing. What was that celebration like? you have the ski goggles on? I uh, did not. Um, I got my nose. I got tested, uh, a nasal swab. Yep. And then, I mean, I got a few beers from the lobby at the uh, hotel that we were at and went upstairs and played some uh, PGA golf. I'm a big uh, PGA golf with, guy also. With Luke Rayleigh. So we, we drank some beers and played some golf. and. Uh, till about like 2 a.m. and I had a flight at like nine so okay uh yeah so I got out of there before we had to like quarantine like before they had the meeting so I was like one of the two people that I got to leave from the bubble okay no <laughs> that's electric yeah, yeah. That, I mean that that's a great bounce because you could probably get home maybe get a couple rounds in you I don't know, actually right. know it might have been cold where you No, uh, we got we got rounds in this year we oh got, you did like, I got like four or five rounds in outside before it starts actually getting cold here. Damn. Yeah. I think I did. I think we did too. Actually. It's kind of, I mean, I think you can kind of golf close to net like a couple weeks ago. You could have golfed here in Toronto, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, Oh dude, it's just such a weird year, man. Like the world series parade, I, there's going to be no world series parade. You have the Dodgers and the Lakers winning the championship. And you said you're a golf guy and, yeah. and this weekend, obviously it's going to be a little bit outdated cause it's dropping on Thursday, but, I just wanted to mention this. It gets me rock hard to see Tiger and Charlie Woods on the range. Uh, have you seen these videos? This shit is bananas to me. And I know it's a baseball podcast. I love Tiger Woods. I cried when he won the Masters. Whatever. Like, have you seen these videos? I have not. Wow. Okay. So I'm you not. need to watch these videos of Tiger and Charlie. Yeah. I think they already teed off like an hour ago. But uh, just who who is Tiger the goat for you? Are you a big Tiger guy? Uh, yeah, I would have to say, I mean, I wasn't really a big golf guy until about a year and a half ago. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Tiger obviously has always been there, you know, his name, you know, who he is like, he's the greatest kid to come up and play, you know, and then for sure. Phil Mickelson. Cause I'm a lefty. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Dude, and uh, I don't know if you uh, how close you are with this guy, but Cody Bellinger's a big golf guy. He's boys with uh, our guy Kevin Smith. They golf all the time. How? What's your relationship like with uh, C. Bell? Like, was he a beauty? Uh, so I mean, Cody's kind of like, I mean, he doesn't. He's kind of hard to like get to know at first, but once I got a little bit of time up there, uh, he let me hit with him and stuff like that. So uh, he kind of warmed oh. up to me a little bit. Like I didn't really know him that well, so. And, you know, he's a superstar, so yeah, he, he, he's not just going to talk to everybody and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I, I feel that. There's a lot of guys like that. But yeah. you also got to pay respect to the guys like Justin Turner who, like, they, they don't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit who you are, right? Justin Turner was talkative with you right off the bat. I mean, I love Justin Turner because he's he's one of those guys that's big for the game of baseball. He's a personality. He has the, like, he has the long beard, <laughs> the, the, the orange hair. He, right. he has that pimp job with his bat or whatever every time he hits a nuke. I love Justin Turner. So, I mean, would you say that, in your opinion, one of the nicest guys in the show right now in the Dodgers is Justin Turner, like the most approachable dude you could ask anything to? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yep. Yeah. Him and I would say Mookie is probably right up there, too. Uh, I wouldn't say, like, if you're, like, a first-year guy to go talk to Mookie Betts. <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, if if you're bold and you have like that setup on you, like yeah, all all like all kudos to you. But that's definitely not the first guy I yeah. would go up and be like, "Hey, man, like, what do you think on my swing?" <laughs> dude, yeah. I would honestly, I would just go up to Nuki, Mookie and be like, "Dude, I love you." Like, just straight up, like, I know yeah. we're teammates. I love you, dude. You're a legend. <laughs> but have you? I mean, have you? Let's talk about Dave Roberts too. Like, second last thing I want to talk about. What is uh, Dave Roberts like? Because this guy. He will also roast umpires too, which is what I respect. Uh, you see some of the sound bites with John Boy Media and all that, where Dave Roberts would just say some ruthless shit to the umpire. What is that legend like? Oh, uh, he's he's so good with words. It's it's unbelievable how well he speaks. Um, uh, it's 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 like really nice to like learn from and like watch him how he goes about interviews and like how he does all that stuff. Like that's what they. I went to the uh, rookie development meetings last year and that's what they were saying. Like, Hey, like watch people that are in your organization that have been around a little bit and, and like, just watch them take interviews. Cause in the minor leagues you have interviews, but like, you know, you're not on like a front of like a LA newspaper interview yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah, thing. Exactly. So, so you like learn stuff from that and just, you know, he's so elegant with the way that he talks. It's, it's uh, and I mean, yeah perfect guy like another guy that can chirp umpires just knows what he wants to say and just can get it off his chest <laughs> for sure and i saw on your uh on your instagram little research guy here you're you're a hockey guy too right you're a big hockey fan right are you are you would you say you're a big one or you're just a hockey fan uh i like hockey um never played uh my whole family my dad played my mom's side is a huge hockey hockey family over in toledo ohio my uh one of my cousins was like on the junior Olympic team, Jesus uh, Christ! When he was uh, 15, I think he got caught. His skate got caught in between the boards and the ice. Oh my God! It was like bad ice, and uh, he shattered his ankle. Couldn't play again. So uh, he probably would have been in the NHL. Like was real, like like unreal good. Like could do it all on the ice. But um, yeah, I mean it was it's tough. Who's uh, your favorite team? Uh, the ring, the wings, the Red Wings. You like the Red Wings? Oh, tough. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough team to be a fan of tough right now. Right now, right now. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see in the future. Growing I mean, up, they, it was fun. Yeah. Growing up, it was fun. Oh, I mean, they uh, just brought home Stanley Cups like it was their day job, man. But I forgot to ask you about this because we had him on the show. He actually just got uh, 
picked in the Rule 5 draft by the Pirates. I don't know if you, you're close with them. What's our guy Shea Spitzbarth like? I mean, that guy, he came on this show, won the electric dude. He just reminds me of just like one of those another, just a blue-collar dude who just happens to be good at baseball also. Yeah, Shea's, <laughs> Shea's a... He's got a character, man. He's he's a great <laughs> dude to be around. Uh, he's he's funny. Uh, you know he he'll <laughs> he'll throw in a night game and then he hey hey you want to go out? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he's not playing the next day. Like he he threw really well through like two or three innings. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a long relief guy. So he, hey you want to go out? Like, hey, why not? Like, yeah. So uh, yeah, Shay's fun to go out with. Uh, he, he's a great time uh not go i don't go out all the time but i, I mean i'm not gonna say that i i just go home and watch netflix yeah no dude i, I mean you got you, 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 the night scene the light the the nighttime is fun and uh nightlife and in tulsa is a great time that's where yeah. i spend a lot of time with shay uh so i mean yeah we we have our fair share of stories uh winning i mean we won the texas league championship yeah. so yeah every time we like won like a certain like you know in the playoffs we go out and Get yeah, after it's, it's it. Time. Yeah. Dude, he's uh this guy, he might be an Instagram influencer soon. I mean, this guy he posts pictures with just two rockets by his side, like just two good <laughs> looking girls around him. He just that's why, that's why I like going out with him. <laughs> he just <laughs> this guy, this guy, I mean, this guy has to just he just pulls. He's a good dude. He, yeah. and he could throw that humble brag. Like, if I'm a right. girl and Chase Spitzbarth follows me on Instagram and I look at him like, holy shit, blue check mark, it's it's game over. That's right. why he pulls. I mean, and his Instagram's great. How much did that suck to kind of see him go, man? That's definitely shitty for sure, especially with yeah, the Yeah, I think it was uh, good for him, though, to yes. go uh, get to another organization. Uh, just like uh, Andre Scrub, like he yeah. got, picked, or got traded uh, and over to the Astros and this year's a big leaguer. He probably wasn't going to be a big leaguer this year with the Dodgers. For so. sure. I mean, yeah, give those guys all the opportunity to get up there and make their make their, you know, debuts and show like the big leagues what they're all about because they're just rotting in in a great stacked Dodgers system. system. Dude, and it sucks because I, I look at Shea and I was looking at his stats when he was on the pod and you can kind of tell with this guy, he's like just eager to kind of be there. And it's like, dude, you got it they do you, you just have a shit ton of pitching prospects that are nasty. Mm -hmm. So it's good right. that he went to an organization like the Pirates where he's going to get that opportunity. He's going to get that look. He's going to get that. He's going to he's going to get called out. I think next year obviously. I'm not hopefully I don't jinx it, but I think he's going to get the call to the show next year, man. He has to. He he's he's done his time. We'll say that. He's been in the minors for a pretty good amount of time, right? Right. I mean, there's countless guys like him in the Dodgers organization too that could be big leaguers on other teams, get stuck in Double A might have a little bit of a few times in triple A's just, you know, bouncing back and forth and uh, they just don't get the chance. Cause there's so many, <laughs> I mean, so many dudes. Just, just go get their dudes. So many dudes, bro. So many dudes. Yep. But uh, last thing I want to get, let's get a sound bite out of you. Can you technically say, not technically, can you say that this is the most electric baseball podcast on the planet? Uh, don't follow that many podcasts, but this was definitely an elite podcast there it is i, I respect enjoyed that. it it was awesome i respect that I but there the action action talk <laughs> i one of my buddies was, is from toledo uh yeah. i was born in toledo and we both live in fort wayne and we talk action all the time so you love, uh, it. love to talk action man. we it's love it and there you have it folks i mean just a brick by brick blue collared guy made his debut from 33rd rounder to making his debut in the 2020 mlb season you just love to see these kind of things he's a maction guy he's my guy it is my it was my pleasure to have such a legend 
Los Angeles Dodgers. We'll call you shortstop. We'll call you second base shortstop. Zach McKinstry, man, I appreciate you hopping on this shit, dude. This is electric. Yeah, no problem. It was a lot of fun. Uh, enjoy it. Love telling people my story and sharing all those good times from the minor leagues and uh, especially the debut and all that stuff.